Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Bella Hopper's Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study. Today, we're going to continue the study of life's most important question. This will be part two of three. As we saw in our last lesson, it is found in Acts chapter 16, verse 30. The verse reads, Sirs, what must we do to be saved? And the answer to this question on earth now will determine where you spend eternity after you leave this earth. You can't get any more important question than that, can you? Let's have a word of pray. prayer. We'll do a brief review, and then we'll go ahead and give you the lesson today from Acts chapter 16. Father, what an important question we're looking at here in Scripture, and we pray that as we answer it, we would be accurate in our answer, that you would open our eyes, we might see the truth of the Word of God, and how being saved is dependent upon a belief in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we're Christians and need to be encouraged in that today, or whether we have not yet received Christ and need to, we just pray that this lesson would reach our heart and that your desire would be fulfilled in the way we receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. In the way of review, I want to take us back to the first part, and that is in John chapter 1. And in John chapter 1, there are two important verses, verses 12 and 13, that we looked at in our first session. It says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them, here's our key, that believe on his name. And then that belief is explained in verse 13, which were born not of blood, the idea of not of blood means you don't inherit it from your parents, nor of the will of the flesh, that means that you can't do anything to get it yourself, nor of the will of man, that means no one can get this salvation for you, but of God. So when we take a look at the question, life's most important question, what must I do to be saved? The answer is given to us right here in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. We need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and believe on his name, and that causes us to be then born again. Now that expression, born again, was brought out in chapter 3 by Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious leader and a political leader, and he was a very rich man, and he came to the Lord Jesus Christ by night to discuss this very subject with him. And the Lord Jesus Christ says this in verse 3 of John chapter 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then in verse 7, he says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. And in those verses in between, the Lord Jesus Christ teaches that a person is born of the flesh. That's your first birth. If you're listening to me today, you've already experienced that. And then there is a spiritual birth, and that is being born again when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior by belief. There are those of you that have done that that are listening today, and you are born again. And those of you who have not done that yet have not yet been born again. But you can be when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ by belief. Now, the conversation with Nicodemus opened up to one of the most precious verses in the Word of God. In fact, it covers to me from Genesis to Revelation, and it's all the Bible in just one succinct verse. And that is in John chapter 3, verse 16. If you have any verse of the Bible memorized, this is probably the one you have memorized. And listen while I read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, here's our word again, believeth in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. So there we have in our first lesson that we looked at a while back, there is this key to the answer to that question, what must I do to be saved, is you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ by believing in him. Now, today we want to go to part two, and to do that, we're going to turn over to Acts chapter 16. Now, interesting, while you're turning over to Acts chapter 16, let me just make a quick stop in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, there's an Ethiopian eunuch that went to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. He actually was reading scripture. Philip the Evangelist was brought to him. They started talking about the word of God, and Philip the Evangelist preached unto him Jesus. And listen to this verse in Acts chapter 8, verse 37. The, the um, Ethiopian eunuch says, What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said this, Acts chapter 8, verse 37, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There's that emphasis again on believing. Now we see that again in Acts chapter 16. You're there already, aren't you? And in Acts chapter 16, we look at verse 31. When the question is answered by the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? The answer is given, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You see it again in verse 34. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. So here we are again in the second part of our three-part series, emphasizing the need of a person to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as their Savior. Now remember, that word believe is more than the idea of just having a knowledge of or an awareness of. That's a commitment to. Uh, we've used the illustration before. We've heard it over the years. A father at the bottom of a stairway uh, yelling to his child to jump, and his jump believes his father will catch him and jumps, and his father catches him. The wheelbarrow, the tightrope walker going across on a wire saying he could take someone in the wheelbarrow. People said they believed, but the only one that really believed is the one that got in it. In fact, recently I saw something on, on, uh, on the Facebook, and it was in regard to America's Got Talent Extreme, and it was a man who had himself chained up and, and locked up and put into a box and taken up by a crane many, many feet up in the air. And he had a certain time limit that he had to get out of that box before it would drop to the ground. He'd be crushed. Well, he got in that box. As he did so, I thought he wouldn't get in that box unless he really believed that he knew he could get out of that box before it came crashing down. That's the idea of believing. It's a commitment. He got in that box believing that he would make it, and he did, by the way. So when we think about the word believe, don't take it lightly. It's a very serious word. And when a person believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, they are committing their life to the Savior, and they're being what's called, John chapter 1, John chapter 3, born again. They now have a new life. They now have a life that's different than the old life as they're seeking now to serve and please the Lord. Now, let's get back to our passage, Acts chapter 16, and let's take a look at three things that will help us understand this concept of believing. The first thing is this, a crisis. There was definitely a crisis that this man in Philippi, this Philippian jailer, was facing, and we're going to read it starting at verse 25. Uh, in this verse, we find Paul and Silas, they have been beaten, they've been thrust into the inner prison, their feet are fast in stocks, 
And then we read this in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises on the God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Now this certainly was a crisis for the keeper of the prison. In the Roman rule, if you did not keep your prisoners and they escaped, you were in serious trouble even to the point of death. And apparently this keeper of the prison realized that he was in trouble. If these prisoners got out, he thought they had gotten out and he was ready to kill himself. Thankfully, Paul cried out and said, Do thyself no harm, for we are here. The point I want to make is this. When you talk about believing and you talk about salvation, we see, first of all, in this passage, a crisis. And the cry for salvation is often prompted by a crisis in one's life. The cry for salvation is often prompted by a crisis in one's life. The keeper of the prison was in a crisis, and Paul called out to him and helped him through that crisis. And through that crisis, he did not kill himself or he did not die, but rather he became born again by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. You know, there are a lot of crises today that people are facing, and I think we as Christians need to be very tender to the fact that these crises are met by the gospel of Jesus Christ, giving people an opportunity to repent of their sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him. Crises happen. Now, when a crisis happens, it can make someone bitter, or when a crisis happens, it can make someone better. And I believe the difference in that is when you spell the word bitter, B-I-T-T-E-R, the center of that word is an I. When you're looking at a crisis and you're thinking just about I, I am going through this, I am suffering, why am I facing this, what have I done? That's a whole different thing than better. Better is B-E-T-T-E-R. And the E, I always think of as the Trinity. Those legs on that I, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Isn't that amazing? So when we go through a crisis and we realize God's at work in this crisis and God wants to do something in our life prior to our salvation to bring us to him, after our salvation that draws closer to him, then we can, we can benefit from a crisis. We don't have to be afraid of it. We don't have to run from it. We don't have to not acknowledge it or try to avoid it or try to hide from it. We can recognize I am in a crisis, but God is here with me. If I'm a Christian, he'll strengthen me. If I'm not a Christian, he's ready to receive me to be his own. Well, that's what's happening here. This keeper of the prison is in a crisis. The Apostle Paul and Silas are godly men who are seeking the minister. And here we find that Paul calling out to the very man that thrust him into the inner prison, thrust him into those stocks, calls out to him and says, do thyself no harm for we are here. You see, the second thing is a crisis, number one, often brings us to a conversation. Number two, the crisis in verses 25 to 29 brings about a conversation, verses 30 to 32. Here's what it said. 
and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And notice carefully now, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. That's a key. That's a key. So what happened is, they're in a position now where this crisis has gotten their attention and has brought them into a conversation with these two godly men, Paul and Silas, and these godly men don't tell them, it's going to get better, you'll be okay, it's going to be all right. No, what they do is they speak unto him the word of the Lord. And I believe what they told him about was about the gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, just like we looked at in chapter 1, and just like we looked at John chapter 1, as well as John chapter 3. The testimony of the Apostle Paul and Silas brought about then the teaching of the Apostle Paul and Silas, and the conversation then opened up this keeper of the prison because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God to receive the word of God and make a decision to believe in him. You say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Mercedo, what do you mean made a decision to believe in him? Well, that's our third point. You've got a crisis. The cry for salvation is often primed, or, excuse me, prompted by a crisis in one's life. A conversation, the cry for salvation needs to be answered by the word of God. And then a conversion. The cry for salvation is met by believing in Jesus Christ. Here's what we see beginning at verse 33. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And when they had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. There's the conversion. And you say, well, does that specifically use the word conversion? No, but it illustrates it very clearly. Because believing always precedes baptism in the scripture. Believing the inward decision that one makes is then followed by baptism, the outward profession that one shares. So what's happened inside, as a person accepts the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ and becomes a new creature in Christ, is then shown through baptism as the person is put into the water and taken out of the water, showing, I've died with Christ, nevertheless, I live in Christ today. You see, that's that conversion there. And what happened was, when they were cleaning these stripes and the water was there, they probably asked a similar question like we glanced over in Acts chapter 8. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And he said, if thou believest. And obviously we see right here that the keeper of the prison and his house believed in God, verse 34, with all his house. Therefore, they were candidates for baptism and they were baptized. Isn't that amazing? When you take a look at the passage that we saw last session, the key is believing and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ by committing your life to him. And now we see it again in the answer to that question, what doth hinder me, excuse me, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The answer is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. You know, it's interesting I mentioned a couple of times through the course of this lesson, if you're a Christian, this should encourage us to share the salvation message with others. The Apostle Paul was thrilled to be able to share with this keeper of the prison that he did not need to die. He needed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. 
And we also should be encouraged if you're not saved today. And you say, wait a minute, if I'm not saved today, that means I'm not going to heaven. I haven't been born again. How can this be encouraging? Well, if you'll notice, it's encouraging because the key to being saved is not doing something on your own. It's not finding a church and becoming a member and getting baptized and giving money and, and doing things of that nature. There, there's nothing done. It's all been done by Christ. What needs to be done is for you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ by believing in him, jumping off that stairway into the Father's hands, getting in that wheelbarrow, letting him take you across the wire, getting in that box, being raised so high up, knowing it's going to drop at a certain point, but you're going to be safe because you believed in him. You know, we made a trip recently. That's one reason our podcast has been kind of held up. We actually made a couple of trips, one down to Florida and then up to Virginia and Pennsylvania. And in the process, it was amazing. We got to meet a Korean young man, 14 years old, and he's here in the States and he's in school and he's learning a lot. And as we had opportunity to meet with him, I was able to share with him John chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, I actually have a visual that goes along with that. I made up, and it, it's pretty interesting. I've enjoyed sharing it, and I actually took it up there to share it with him. It involves some lights and wires and things of that nature. And I illustrated it, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it was so interesting. He's, he's doing well with his English, but he's still learning. And it was interesting to me that while I'm sharing this, you could just see him kind of light up. And you could see his understanding. He kind of gained understanding here. And, and the summary of what I shared in that lesson came to this. He says, that is good news. Boy, that is good news, isn't it? It is good news to know that we as sinners have a Savior. And we receive that Savior not by being born into a Christian family, not by doing something of our flesh, not by someone else doing something for us, but we receive that Savior by believing in him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the good news, which I preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. I have a feeling this is what Paul told the keeper of the prison and his household when he spoke to them the word of the Lord. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12, and then it goes on even further beyond that. Well, here's what we see. Salvation is keyed upon the word believe and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ and being born again. If you've done that, rejoice with us today. And if you've not done that, why not do it now? Because as we've said, it's life's most important question. What must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Marty Macedo, and you may email me at macedofhm at gmail.com. That's M-A-S, isn't Sam, I-T-T-O, 
FHM for Fellow Helpers Ministries at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another Bible lesson next week. But remember, how you respond to the answer of this question today, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? will determine where you spend eternity tomorrow. Thank you for listening and have a great day.